Welcome to the Maine Marketing Podcast. This is your host, Kiana Brittner, extension specialist and salon owner turned beauty business coach. I help stylists just like you work less and make more without double booking. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Maine Marketing Podcast. This is Kiana Brittner, your host. Today, I'm talking to my lovely friend, Bree. This woman is amazing and you guys are going to love her so much. She's actually my very first friend through extensions and we were um, going through this whole process together at the beginning and I'm so grateful to have her on the show. So Brie, if you want to introduce yourself, go ahead. Hello everyone. My name is Brie Morgan and I am, uh, yeah, like Kiana said, we've been doing extensions for the same amount of time. Um, no, I am the owner of Moldavite Luxury Salon outside of Dayton, Ohio, and um, I have a small little boutique salon, sweet double space, um, <laughs> uh, just slowly been growing my team. I was never somebody who really thought I was going to be a business owner. I never had that desire until a couple years ago. Um, I had my first assistant and kind of found a love for teaching other stylists how to grow their business. I was like, wait a minute, do I like this too? <laughs> do I want to do this? And so I've just been growing my team and um, I've really found that apparently I have a very unique leadership style and um, coaching style and everything. So it's been, it's been wonderful. Yes. And your space is absolutely gorgeous. I need to come visit again so I can see it with the whole new remodel. Yeah. We have so much more room for activities. (laughs) (laughs) I love um, the art you have that I've that seen. That was such a good addition. We're going to jump right into questions. Um, Brie is a very interesting person to talk about her experience with uh, building her own brand because Brie is definitely the type of person who, you know, she does it her way and she doesn't let other people's um, idea of what she should be determine who she's going to be. And I love that about her. So Brie, would you <laughs> share a little bit about your journey? Um, and how did you go from being a do-it-all kind of stylist to more extension focused? Yeah. So I think I've always been a person who kind of beats my own drum. <laughs> uh, and I think that comes all the way back from childhood, um, origin story kind of thing, right? So I think like so many artists, I didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't have a great um, home life. And I think that's why so many artists fall into art is like, we find that love for it, right? Like everybody has that kind of interesting backstory, but mine, um, I grew up in a pretty volatile household. My dad was an alcoholic. He has bipolar, um, a lot of different mental issues that he struggled with. Um, He got sober and actually got worse. Um, his alcoholism was kind of masking a lot of his mental struggles and that just kind of blew up. So my mom was a person who was raising two kids basically on her own and, um, struggled with anxiety and depression and really just kind of like receded. So we were also pretty freaking poor. (laughs) Um, and so I just always kind of grew up as, you know, the kid that didn't have a lot and the kid that didn't feel pretty and, um, the kid that was in those volatile situations, just trying to make everything better. So pretty early on, I found that I had a love for making people laugh and bringing joy 
and uh, kind of being that person to make people feel better, right? So couple that with the fact that I was the kid that didn't feel pretty. I have always had just a total trash ass hair. <laughs> it's just like terrible. And um, I had acne growing up and I was just kind of an awkward, lanky, string bean kid, but I was the funny girl. And I found my friend group because I, you know, I didn't really care that I was the goober. I was just, again, like it started in that like beats your own drum kind of thing where I was like, wow, if I'm different, that actually makes me something that these other people don't have. And so I kind of learned to embrace my differences early. Um, also because of the weird home thing, my solitude was school. Um, I loved learning from a young age. I loved um, finding new things. And I was just kind of a self-proclaimed nerd. Um, I always had that, like, I was always really good at school. I have a photographic memory. Um, so I'm the tits at the matching game, like trivia put me in. But all through school, I was a really good test taker and, you know, I was a straight A student, but I never really had anything that was like, like my thing. Um, you hear some people that like, oh, I knew I wanted to do this since I was a kid. That wasn't me. Like I was a junior in high school, um, had got accepted to EKU, Eastern Kentucky University for business as a junior. Um, basically just like, hey, as long as you graduate, like you're invited. Um, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't, I didn't have any desire. So I signed up for cosmetology school as a like, look at, I guess we'll try this. <laughs> like at worst case scenario, I'll have a backup plan. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was a couple weeks into cosmetology school and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is my, this is my thing. And I came home and I told my parents that I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to college. One, we were so poor and I got some scholarships, but they were trash. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they can't afford this. I'm going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for something I don't even want to do. Mm -hmm. And I love this. So I'm going to go do that. Well, my family threw a fit. <laughs> my mom and dad were okay with it, but like my extended family lost their marbles. And um, I actually remember my uncle calling my mom at one point and telling her that she was a shitty parent for allowing me not to go to college and that I was never going to make anything of myself and that I was going to be poor like them forever. And it was this entire thing where she was crying and she defended me and my choices, but um, my grandparents, my extended family, ever, no one believed in me. And I think that kind of started this like cycle of me being like, watch. <laughs> so again, my kind of beats to my own drum personality came out and I was like, I will prove to you that I am worth something. And I will prove to you that I can do this. And, but here's where I'm going to go with it. So I was really determined, but I had no scaffolding to base a business off of. So my first seven years behind the chair was a struggle. <laughs> I was working five, six days a week, making maybe $500 a week. Um, by that time I had two kids. I was married, um, but I was barely making enough to make my car payment and buy groceries for us. And it was just like, there's, there's gotta be something more. Like there has to be more to this business. 
that I'm so dedicated to make work, right? But and at that point, I had no backup. I had never gone to college. I had never done anything. And I'm like, well, shit, we're from the generation that we were told if you didn't go to college and you didn't get like a formal education, you were basically going to be homeless on the streets. Yep, and absolutely. so, yeah, so I still have that mentality where I'm like, better make this work or we're so screwed. <laughs> You're like, we're getting a little funny here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, I've, I've always had a magnificently supportive husband. Um, he is an engineer. So, I mean, he carried our family for those whole years, you know, and it just kind of came to a point where I was like, there has to be more to this. So that's when I decided to um, kind of look for some form of education. Um, I started doing some investigating and found MBR. And uh, our paths kind of started across there, but <laughs> that was that was the turning point for me. And I started to specialize in extensions and um, realized the salon that I was in at that point just wasn't going to cut it. So decided to switch salons, moved into a bigger city and a bigger town within one year. Mind you, this was during 2020. <laughs> so um, within a year, I went from a stylist that was making 30,000-ish a year to over 100,000 just by specializing. And um, it just, it all turned around from there. Free! Oh my God, <laughs> this is so good. I love, love, love your story so much. You are so incredible. Once you started making more and those people around you we're starting to notice that something she's doing is a little different. Was it, was it welcomed with open arms and interest or was it more, um, how dare she charge that much? Who does she think she is type of stuff? Both. So in the first salon I was in, um, it was, it was an actively failing salon. Um, it was a partnership. One of the partners um, I really got along with great. And the other one was just in a bad place in her life. And it, she was starting to kind of take it out on everyone else. And the salon was failing. It was just a lot of stress. So when I signed up, I had initially thought like, okay, maybe my income and like being able to do this can really help save the salon. I quickly realized that that wasn't my freaking place to do that anyway. But when I came into the salon and had said, okay, I signed up for this program, her first words were, ugh, how much did that cost? Okay. Like, frankly, it's none of your business yes. how much it costs. So you're not paying for it. So maybe go away. Um, <laughs> but that was rectified by getting into a new salon. And um, when I switched those salons, I went back to being a commission stylist before I was to 99. Um, so went back into being a commission stylist and um, basically had to rebuild my whole career. So I moved about 30 minutes away into a bigger town and less than half of my clients followed me. I was doing um, nails and pedicures and just literally waxes, everything under the sun at the other salon. And um, the salon that I moved into only did hair. So I lost half of my clientele right there just by not doing nails and then the other half of my color clients um my prices went up by about 130 percent i was doing a full blonding session for like 90 dollars in the oh middle my gosh. like it was bonkers oh my gosh <laughs> wow. so um obviously a lot of my color clients didn't follow me either yeah so um here i am 
having to change my mindset about like, okay, well, it's not that all these clients left. It's that now I have the opportunity to build the business that I want. Mm -hmm. So that was a big shift that I had to have in my own self. And, um, my new salon owner, which I'm still at that salon now, um, as a suite runner and have the space. And in the beginning, we've had this conversation before too, because she was very skeptical. Um, she would sit me down for like one-on-ones and coaching. And she's like, you know, I, I think you need to double book. I think you need to do this. You need to, you know, start accepting more services. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I just want color services. I'm doing this. And then I'm taking on extension guests she was like okay I really hope that works out for you but like you should probably just like look how much more you could make if you did this I'm like no I don't need to book my entire book up I don't need to be busy 100% of the time because with that other time I'm gonna market and I'm gonna like do a reel I'm going to that point it wasn't reels, but uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make a post I'm gonna do a video I'm gonna like work on this education that I paid thousands of dollars for like I'm gonna beat a row on a mannequin so I was doing something totally different than how she had been taught mm-hmm. and it was just really like weird to her and her old school kind of education mentality and so as I started to grow and make more and really like thrive she was like okay <laughs> look at you <laughs> so here I was a commissioned artist you know making as much as the owner in the salon just off doing another service so there was also other girls in the salon too and I was so blessed to have that like family unit around me because they saw me growing and changing and doing all these big things. And instead of being like, who the fuck does she think she is? You know, they were like, Oh my God, how are you doing this? Like, what are your secrets? So I've always been a person. I don't gatekeep. I don't, I'm not that person. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to show you the thing I'm doing. Like (laughs) that was never my mentality. And actually it even came to one of the girls, um, Kara, she's amazing. Um, single mom with three kids and she just found herself kind of you know in the struggle bus too and I we kind of joke now that I may have slightly bullied her um <laughs> into joining the MBR team but I was like you you need MBR like she was fascinated with how I did the process I was giving her extensions and she was just like I think I do so she actually has gone and got certified. She's part of the academy now. Um, she went to California with me, and my assistant, back in April. Like, it's just, it's so cool to watch her journey now yeah. too, just blossom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was supported, and it was fantastic. I loved every time I would come into your salon. I would just, I'd see all the other girls, and they'd all be like flocking around, like watching you, and. It, you could just tell that they really admire you. And I feel like that's not always the case in these type of situations. And Absolutely. You're, you have a special aura about you that just, you know, radiates. And I think that they're so <laughs> lucky to have you around for sure. I, that's been something that I've come to realize um, with coaching and leading them. I guess I never, a lot of the times we don't give ourselves that credit, right? Mm-hmm. But having one-on-ones with them and asking them like, Hey, what are the things that I'm doing that you really like? What are the things that I'm doing that I could change? And that's always the feedback that they give is like that I hold the space for them to really thrive. And I'm like, okay, thank you. (laughs) You're like best couple ever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
What have been some of the most significant challenges you've faced in your journey to becoming a high paid stylist? Um, I would say mostly um, the mind shift change. I think so commonly as someone who sees themselves as like just a hairstylist, um, especially because, you know, we're, we're told that we're, we're not going to mount anything or that we're told we can't charge X amount for our services or whatever. You have to change your mindset of, I am worth these prices. I am worth this. I do give this, um, and kind of reframe that for yourself. Um, and not listen to other people's stories. They, they give you, um, another big challenge I've had recently. Um, my mom passed away a couple years ago and I basically had to re learn who I was as a person. Um, I had never been someone who had battled anxiety or depression. That was something that I never had to face. And I developed that in my grief and healing process and having to teach myself what was emotions and what were facts and separate those things too. Um, that was never something that I really struggled with doing. And I had to learn how to do that. And I think it put me in a great perspective as well to teach my girls um, and to be able to empathize with other people who have had that before, um, just to kind of grow in that regard too. But I was also always had a tendency to kind of be a workaholic. Um, I've always had that like passion for what I do. And anytime I was struggling with something, I would pour myself into that. So while my mom was sick, um, she had cancer for about a year and that process really showed me what balance, um, work-life balance looked like. So that was a big eye-opener for me and my career. And as I grew was that I was a better person when I got to balance my work in my home and I got to be home with my kids and I got to see my parents and um, see my family and have my soul fed as well as have my career. Yes. And I think that's something a lot of people can, and especially in this industry relate with, because so often we're told that you have to like do all the things, work all the hours, take all the guests. And then suddenly one day you're addicted to that, that stress, that chaos of it all. Yep. And then overcoming that and realizing this isn't forever. Like I can't do this forever. Yeah. It's an adjustment for sure. For sure. And I try to teach my girls that too. Um, as a leader and as a salon owner, I'm real big on practice with preach. And uh, that's another thing that they have always said is like a reason why they want to like actually listen to what I have to say. I feel like so often, you know, when you're just starting out, the salon owner tells you things and you're like, that's out of touch. Like, uh, you know, so I've always been one to, uh, you know, lead by example, I guess. And being able to show them that, you know, you have to have this time away to build your creativity and feed your soul. And I don't let my girls work five, six days a week. It's like, Hey, you got four, <laughs> like you got four and like, you can play with the fifth one if you need to, but, um, right. it's not all the time. And I don't, I don't want them to burn themselves out. I don't want them to hate this career because they make themselves a slave to it because the money is addicting. Yes. And at the end of the day, and there's a certain cap once you hit, I forget what it is, but 
a certain point you make so much that your quality of life doesn't change too yeah. much at that point. So yep. you have to start focusing on the more important things in life, like your family or learning new hobbies. Like, I don't know yeah. about you, but in, when we had that whole shutdown and everything, like I was like, I, I don't have any hobbies. What am I even supposed to do? Like, yeah. You're like, who am I? What do I, what do yes. I even like? <laughs> yes, for real. Mm-hmm. So, okay. We're going to jump into our next question. Okay. Um, ooh, let's talk about why you don't double book. I would love yeah. to hear about this because I know it's a very controversial topic. It definitely is. And it's definitely something I feel like you're either like all the way on board or all the way off board. Like I don't meet a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So, <laughs> yeah. so I personally don't for the sake of a myself. Um, every time I've ever double booked, like in the past, and don't get me wrong, there's definitely been times where, you know, somebody shows up on the wrong day or I mess something up where you're like, Okey-dokey. but other times when it's like, yeah, okay, let's try this. Let's see how it is. It gives me so much anxiety to work on those kind of like crunch deadlines. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have the freedom to create like I would if I had that whole time with the guest. So mm-hmm. there's certain times that people come in and I'm like, Hey, I know we had you down for this today, but like, I feel like you need some highlights in the front. Like, let's, yeah. are you cool with that? And they're like, yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking that too. So if I booked on that, like very rigorous schedule, I didn't, I wouldn't have that freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I think for me is I'm a person that I'm very energetic. I'm very, um, woo, you know, so, <laughs> I um, I want to be able to connect with my guests. And when I have a lot of people in and out of the salon, when it's just a busy environment, my energy gets drawn too many ways and I close off. So I love being able to sit down with my guests while their color processes and chit chat about what's new with their life and what's going on. How are their kids? How's their family? How was that trip they took since last time I saw them, you know, and just really catch up as opposed to it feeling like a grind where you're just getting one person in and out and jumping from chair to chair to chair. Mm-hmm. So I decided early on that I, I wasn't going to do that and I wasn't going to be that person. And, you know, people could argue, well, you can make more if you did. And I'm like, well, my argument to that is no, I raise my prices and that's something I market that like, Hey, I don't double book. Yeah. A lot of stylists in my area do. Um, a lot of stylists in my area um, are big on that. And most of my clients have come from those places because I don't double book and they feel that connection when they're in my salon, that it feels like home and it feels like they belong there. And that's what I want. That's what my whole salon is geared towards that people feel comfortable. They feel confident. Um, and they, they feel like they can be themselves in my space. I love that. I love that. I, (laughs) I had like cut off the whole idea of double booking for a really long time as well, because of that stress and anxiety. Yeah. I want to say early this year or into last year, um, I had toyed around with like double booking with extensions or like overlapping appointments. Yeah. And that was interesting. Um, but I ultimately made made the decision to stop I feel like I did lose guests in the process because, you know, that quality does slip as much as you don't want to. And even if you are working with an assistant, you know, there is a level of, I am not the sole 
the soul um it's like an energy source right yeah. like the, I'm not the, the sole purpose of this of you being here today there's right I don't I can't even think of the word but there was and as much as I hated that that happened but it was something I had to learn the hard way and um yeah so now I definitely coach to not double booking but just raising your prices because ultimately you're going to give a better service you are going to feel more fulfilled at the end of the day and you can still make great money without double booking. Yeah. And I definitely think there's a lot of people that works great for, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of it ain't broke. Don't fix it. So if there's anybody out there that's doing double booking and it's working great for them and they don't feel like they're having that sacrifice, then absolutely like keep doing that. I guess. I agree. But I think there's a big part of it of like recognizing when something's not working Mm-hmm. And being okay to shift and pivot. And in this industry, I feel like it's almost frowned upon to pivot. Mm-hmm. And it's seen as like a failure. If you stop doing something the way that you've been doing it for a long time, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to challenge you to consider this isn't a fail. It is simply a redirection. Yeah. So, or even fail forward. You're yes. Forward. Yes. Um, at my salon, that is one of our like, Huh. Mottos, salon mottos, it's just like fail forward. And yes. that's another thing, actually, why my girls are so like inspired is that I I constantly say that. I'm like, hey, there's there's no such thing as a failure. It's just a learning experience. Yep. So when something goes a little awry or whatever, like it's good to be able to look at that and be like, okay, let's take a step back, see what worked and what didn't work about the situation and pivot where we need to pivot. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with trying something different. Yeah, right. All right. Um, what advice would you give to stylists who are considering specializing? Oh, man. So first and foremost, I think, one, go shadow or assist someone who is a specialist so you can see how it works. Um, there is a lot to be said about specializing. And sometimes I think people get into that, like I'm a specialist in things and you're like, "Mm, just because you want to say that doesn't mean you are. So if you don't have the accolades and the credentials to back up your specialization, Mm -hmm. then no, you're not. You're just someone who wants to nail down your services, which is also okay. But once you decide like, Hey, I'm going to kind of like, hone in and funnel in these services. Now take your extra time to go educate yourself specifically in that department. Absolutely. So me specifically, I am a hair loss specialist inside of being an extension specialist. So those like niche within a niche kind of things kind of start to develop when you really hone in on what education you want to do and where you want to focus. So branch out, find those things and don't just like slap a, I'm a specialist label on something for the sake of being able to, you know, raise your prices or do whatever. Or put it in your Instagram bio. (laughs) Right. Like, Hey, if you're really good at something, that's fine. Like advertise that, say that. But if you're just starting out and you're like trying to be like, Ooh, I'm a, I'm a specialist. Like, well, I would have you consider that maybe you don't have the reps in yet. Yeah. So be okay with not 
being 100% at something in the beginning. Um, and this is also something I tell my girls all the time, like don't compare where you're at to someone who's been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years and understand that, yes, I am narrowing down my services. I am doing this, but don't look at someone who's been doing it for a long time and compare yourself in those two regards because you'll always feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. So compare yourself to who you were yesterday, compare yourself to who you were last month and you'll feel great about it. But look at your specialization as steps instead of a cliff. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that was so good, Brie. <laughs> you need your own podcast. Like I would listen to your podcast. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> All right. So um, with having to raise your prices, how did you handle pricing discussions with your clients, particularly as you've become more specialized and more expensive? Yeah, this is, this is a good one. And honestly, my girls now they're, they're like, Hey, how do I word this? <laughs> um, because I, I feel like I've always been somebody who's able to word things very precisely and not give a lot of room for discussion, I guess. But I found that when you're confident in your choices and in your behaviors and whatever it is, like you just have to be confident doing it. So when having these conversations, if you make it weird, it's gonna be weird. <laughs> and I tell those clients, I tell my girls all the time, I'm like, hey, if you come to a guest and you're like, so I did get promoted and now set up. $150 for your highlights, gonna be 200, but like, it's okay. If that doesn't work for your budget, um, we can we can discount it this one time. Like that's weird, stop being yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> and if you come at it instead of like, hey, this is so exciting. I actually just got a um, promotion. So I did wanna let you know that next time your service is gonna be $200 instead of your typical 150. I would love it if that still works for your budget and that you could still be a stylist or a client with mine. But I understand if it's outside of your budget and everything, I would love to pair you with another stylist that works great for you. But it's been such a great time having you and I'd love to see you back. Would you like to rebook? Frame it in the sense of like, guess what I just got? Look what I did. You know, like if you frame it for them in a like, hey, I've actually been doing all this education and it's so awesome. And because of that, I'm more specialized. I'm more educated and I'm actually going to increase my experience for you mm -hmm. and in that there will be a little bit of a price increase but I promise it'll be worth it are you on board 90% of the time people are gonna be like hell yeah that's awesome good for you you know yes. and honestly if you have clients that aren't in that boat then maybe they shouldn't be clients with you anyway and that opens up the space for maybe it's not in their budget and that's okay. Cause you know, if you have that conversation with them just like that, if you're like, Hey, actually I can't afford that anymore. Um, but yeah, I would love your recommendation on who I could go to that is within my budget. Cool. Now you've let that client leave in a great position in a good mindset where again, it's not awkward, right? Cause you didn't have that awkward conversation. They don't feel gypped because you just sprung a $200 ticket on them when it was supposed to be 150. So nobody's like hurt in this situation they leave proud of you but knowing that like hey if my situation changes in the future guess who i'm coming back to you as opposed to being like this hoe tried to jit me with 200 dollars service it's been 150 for my entire seven years i've been with her <laughs> you know like i love you <laughs> well it's like hey 
again, if you make it weird, it's going to be weird. Yes. So that's what I always try to tell my girls. Like, Hey, if you've recently had a price increase in this site or this client hasn't been with you for a while, shoot them a text, shoot them an audio and be like, Hey, Sabrina, I just wanted to let you know, it's been, you know, like nine months that you've been in. I have had a price increase since then. Um, and I just wanted to like, kind of touch base. This is going to be our price coming up. Um, are you still okay with proceeding with our service? Cool. <laughs> you know, and be open and honest about that. And clients will appreciate it. And they'll leave knowing if they do leave, they'll leave knowing and appreciating you and respecting our decision. And if they don't, you probably don't want those people in your chair anyway, because they're probably just rude and nasty. Absolutely. And you said something that really got me when you were saying being open and honest Yeah. Um, in our salon, one of our core values is integrity and Uh always having those conversations, even when it's hard, you don't want to, because at the end of the day, you're going to be respected for having integrity. But if you don't have integrity, I mean, you don't have anything. Yeah. Well, and again, kind of going back to the whole like practice what you preach thing, right? So we do this with our clients. We also do this with each other in the salon. So I'm really big on, if you think I'm wrong, tell me, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be right all the time. If I'm formulating something and you think a different formulation will work, share that. If there's something that we're doing in the salon that the systems and processes are just garbage, say that. If you Mm -hmm. have a better idea or even a hypothesis that a better idea could take place, bring that to the table. And one thing that the girls always like, they love and like preach to other people. I say all the time is that when we all will be able to win every single time, if I am not right every single time, if none of us are right every single time, no one is right always. So if we can all come and understand that, that that open, honest communication happens within our space so that we can feel more confident giving it to other people. Yes. And that reflects back to when a, when a client comes in and they want some shit that you're like, oh, Kelsey, we are not making you a platinum blonde today. We took you to a level one last time. It's a no for me. You're like, <laughs> so that integrity just bleeds over when you live your whole life that way. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's so good. We're so good at this. We're really good at that. <laughs> You're probably getting sick of me saying that. Whatever. You know what? No, I'm telling you like it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> your brand is very authentic to you. And this is a very interesting question because I wasn't sure how to word it, but how have With you it. how have you incorporated cussing into your brand? Ha <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I know so, so many people try to water that version of themselves down. Yeah. But well, and I did that for years. Group. Yes. I did that for years. Literally, like the first three quarters of my career, I was the kind of Barbie in the box kind of stylist mm-hmm. where um, how I showed up on social media was very like typical. Um, how I acted in the salon was very typical. And I found myself just like, hating coming to work. I found myself feeling like I was fake and like, I didn't really believe in who I was. And I'm like, why is that the case? So I was kind of like in this journey of trying to figure out what that was and meditating on it and praying about it. And just like, what, what is this? And I realized that I wasn't being authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. and who I am is bold. Who I am is 
a lot. I'm that girl that I have always gotten talks too much on every report card in my entire life. It was like, well, she's kind of a lot. And I was like, Aww. yeah, that's me. Like, and I think for a lot of my life, it hurt me to mm-hmm. think that other people thought I was, too you know, much. like overboard. Yeah. Or too much or anything like that. And I recognized that it was like, no, that's, that's my spark. That's my something different. So your secret sauce. Yeah. Well, and I think all of us have that little thing that is something different, right? All of us have that little thing that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And my thing that nobody else has is my confidence in who I am. And I was that for a long time. And then I got into this profession where it was like, oh, I need high-end clients. This is how you got to get high-end clients. And I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Um, So I took a step back and I was like, okay, who am I at my core? Who am I? What am I? What do I want to be? But... I found that being my whole self was, was different. And when I first started to kind of make the change, I was still like the typical person on social media. Mm-hmm. And then clients that would come and sit in my chair were just annoying as shit. And I was like, oh my God, she's so like prim and proper. And I feel like I have to like water myself down to have a conversation with this person and we're just having these conversations that don't bring joy to me and it's like why am I drawing in these people well I started realizing that I was I was trying to be myself behind the chair but I wasn't portraying who I was on social media as my true authentic identity so yeah the clients that are going to be led to me because they find me online are going to think I'm this one person and then they show up in the salon and I'm like what you know, like <laughs> rapping to Nicki Minaj and, you know, coming in and being like, holy shit, I fucked that up, you know, or whatever. And, and they're like, who is this? Who is this person? So I realized I was actually doing a disservice to my clients by not being my authentic self. Yes. So now I have, I built a brand on being a lot, on being bold, on being those people that other people think are too much, you know? And now those people are my clients and they come in and we have so much fun. Like they come in and we're doing TikToks in my salon suite, oh, you know? I love those. I love yeah, those. Yeah, we're over here like recording shit and like laughing until we snort and just having all these conversations that you're like, what happened next, you know? And meanwhile, you, you see the other clients that are just like Boy. sitting there like dead. Yeah. So I have found that every day when I show up to work, I have so much fun and I love coming to the salon and there's not a single client on my roster that I'm like, oh, this one, because I've been my authentic self and I draw in people who love me for who I am and Mm -hmm. that they will like go to the ends of the earth to hype me up and defend me and be like, Hey, you need this. I got a girl and she's awesome. And it's just, it feeds my soul to know that those people are super authentic and they, they get me for who I am and they're perfectly cool with it. (laughs) So (laughs) one thing that when I was hiring, I was like, listen, I am not hiring for a skill set. Um, I'm hiring for personality. And I'm hiring for someone who isn't afraid to be themselves, isn't afraid to tell me that I'm wrong, isn't afraid to speak up when they see something going down. I'm hiring for a mentality and I can teach skill. 
I can teach you whatever you need to know, however you need me to teach it. I am firmly confident in my ability to educate. What I can't do is teach you how to be you without you knowing who you are. So I can lead you to finding out. I can do some exercises, but you got to be able to be confident in who you are and you have to have integrity and you have to have a soul behind just a pretty face. So, and you have to want to be yourself as well. Yeah. There's that want that has to be there. Yes. And it's okay to be you. It's okay to be confident in you because that's what I'm working with my girls on now is that they can be them, but it's hard to confidently be them. So it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to build that. And guess what will happen naturally when you're okay with yourself, you will naturally start being good at hair. Yes. It's not that we educate on the hair and then you naturally get confident. No, 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 no. Switch that around, work on yourself, be confident in who you are, be confident in who your core is, what your values are. And all of a sudden, everything you do behind the chair will be golden. And I think so often in this industry, we think it's the other way around and it's not. You are the magic. Yes. You are your own magic. Absolutely. All right. So Bree, what's your next big goal or project in your career? Oh, so going back to how I said that I never wanted to be a business owner, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Up until... Uh, about a year and a half ago, I never wanted to own a salon. I never wanted to grow a team. I never wanted to do any of that. Frankly, it gave me hives thinking about it. Um, so my current move that I am on the path of is opening my own salon um, that is more than just a suite. Um, I want lots of chairs and I want I want that dream. So Bree, this is so not something you wanted so much. I know. I know. All of I'm you so proud of used you. to be like, y'all are crazy. Yes. Um, I'm so, proud. so here, here I am trying to, trying to do that, but it's been a shift in myself, um, over the last couple of years, you know, again, the confidence, right? So I never thought that I was a person who could lead a team, who could do that, who could balance it all. Um, I saw business ownership as you had to be a slave to your business and you had to sacrifice who you were to be able to lead a team. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. So um, actually this, the beginning of this year in April, I signed up for private coaching um, in business, um, kind of taking my education uh, with NBR like a little bit further, but not necessarily in the extension side of things, but in the business coaching side of things. So that's been fantastic. Um, But yeah, next big move is being able to, to expand and have my business work for me instead of me always working for my business. I'm so excited for you. This is going to be great. Yeah. It makes me itchy, but in like a good way. (laughs) In a good way. I feel like this whole time we've all been like, Brie, you need a salon. Brie, you need a salon. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't even want it. Yeah. (laughs) That's fine. It just kind of naturally progresses and it's little by little just kind of, it it just happens. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm a big believer in, in like, universal timing and um when you're ready for something the universe will put it in your path so little by little it's been like recognizing those signs about like okay all right I got this and now I got this thing and like it just slowly falling into place and I just try to keep my energy open for those things to flow and it's like okay well when it's when it's time and when it's 
when it's the right thing, it'll happen. And I just have to trust that when it's time to jump, I got to jump. So <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Brie. Where can they find you? So um, I am at BrieMorgan.HairArtist on Instagram. My salon is Moldavite Luxury Salon. Um, I have a Facebook that I don't really post on that much, but yeah, Instagram is great. Um, I also offer a shadowing program. Um, so if anyone is interested in that, if you're listening to this and uh, you'd like to come shadow us, and see how I do things like totally different. Um, in the Dayton, Ohio area is where I am. You can Google it. Um, there's an airport 15 minutes away from us if you're into that. But I do multiple levels of shadowing too. Um, so that's a that's a big thing as well. But yeah, uh, feel free to DM me or ask any questions. I have. I will always answer DMs if you take your time to message me of any way, shape, or form. I will answer it. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Brie. Absolutely. You're an amazing, amazing human. And I'm so happy that I, our paths have crossed. Me too, girl. It's been great. Thank you for having me on. This was so fun. 